What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, your favorite Star Trek podcast, favorite Star Trek podcast. We are completely independent, and we're not going anywhere. Welcome to episode 24. I'm David Majors, and I'm alongside my fantastic co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. What's up, Heather? What is up, David? We are, it's almost March, you know, the, 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 Snow is starting to melt here in the Midwest. Uh, the sun is starting to shine on occasion when it's not raining outside. And, you know, things are looking up, I think. Things are looking there up. Is, there is nothing more I love than watching the snow melt away. Because I yeah. hate winter. And the snow melting away is just a, a great sign for me. Uh, my lady friend is visiting here from Jacksonville, Florida. She's originally from Michigan, like me, and she was looking for snow, and she's mad that there wasn't any in. I just think she's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, I could see the appeal when you haven't seen it in a while, but when you've dealt with it every for year years on, on a end. regular basis, then yeah, no, no appeal there. All right, so that's enough of that uh, typical podcast talk at the start of a show. Let's jump into the Star Trek stuff, everybody. Uh, this is a Star Trek podcast, in case you missed the opening. Uh, and we talk about old, new, and upcoming business. So let's start off with uh, a topic that uh, conveniently is happening uh, right now. And I was a little bit inspired. What can I say? Uh, Heather, listeners... Uh, as Trekkies, as lovers of Star Trek, uh, we, we love a franchise that isn't always the most popular thing in the world. Uh, it isn't, it hasn't exactly been quote unquote mainstream in a little bit. And there are other franchises that take hold of pop culture and the lexicon more than Star Trek does from time to time. And we have people in our lives that don't necessarily get what we love about Star Trek. So I want to ask this to you, Heather, for our old business. And I would love to hear from the listeners out there on our Twitter at PromTrekPod. And if you want to send us an email, make it a little long form, go ahead and do that at PromenadeTrekPod at gmail.com. Heather, I want to ask you this one. What about or, or how do you say to non-Trekkies, how do you show them what it is you love about the Star Trek franchise? Well, you know, I'm not your average person. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a full-blown nerd. Um, so I, there's many occasions where I run across uh, friends or people in real life who don't watch Star Trek, don't follow it like I do. And I'm the type of person I will just I I will just talk about the show and what makes me excited about it. And it literally just turns into a rambling list of all the things I love and why I love them. Uh but it, it it's not 
something that's really explaining Star Trek to anyone. But the thing is, like, my passion comes out when I'm talking about it. So they can, like, even someone who doesn't know Star Trek or doesn't watch Star Trek can understand why these certain aspects of the show make me passionate because I just by listening to me talk about it, if that makes any sort of sense whatsoever, like I'm not the type of person to sit down and try to explain the Trek universe or Trek values or Gene Roddenberry's vision. Um, that That's not my style because, you know, I feel like if someone is truly interested in it, they'll under they'll latch on to something that I'm saying and they'll start asking more questions. And that's happened before in the past. Like I'll, I'll start talking about an episode and then like someone who's never watched it before, like sits there and goes, Oh, Oh, well, why, why did that happen? And starts asking more questions about it. And so I, I think that's the best way to introduce people to things that you love is not trying to preach to them about it, but just talk to them like we do here. Like talk, talk to them about the show in general and what you just watched and why it makes you so excited and the different things that you love. And like they'll, they'll, if it's something that interests them, they'll see something in what you're saying and start digging deeper and asking for more questions about it. Um, but like I said, I'm a bit of a weirdo and that's how I approach things. And I know most people don't approach things like that. So how would you tell someone about Star Trek, David? Uh, I, I am something of a weirdo myself. I think that's why we do this podcast together. <laughs> and I, I am someone who does try to get a little bit more high concept, a little bit more philosophical. And I get a lot of my personal core philosophy uh, inspired from Star Trek. And for me, I explain what it is about Star Trek that inspires me. Um, it's the cool spaceships it's the meeting aliens. It's the solving problems in a crisis. It's seeing people who are good at what they do doing the things they're good at. Uh, but also, it, it is a lot of the quote-unquote Gene's vision stuff as well. I like the idea of seeing humanity get beyond all of its little qualms and quibbles eventually someday and making it to a point where we can explore the universe on a unified front. And I love that idea that Earth has become a great place for everybody, and now we can explore the universe, and we can see what's out there, like Jean-Luc Picard said in Encounter at Farpoint at the end of the episode, let's see what's out there. I think that's really the core of it all is just the idea of exploration and growth for me. Exploration and growth that 
constant need and will to find out what's out there and what's happening. Uh, also, you'll fall in love with the characters. You, it could be any character. It could be Data. It could be Jean-Luc Picard. It could be Spock. It could be Hikaru Sulu. It could be Kira Norris. It could be Jadzia Dax. It could be Michael Burnham. It could be Cristobal Rios. It could be any of them. And the great thing is, is that when it comes to Star Trek, throughout its entire five-decade history, there really is a character for everyone from any walk of life to latch onto, especially now if you feel like you most relate to a blob, uh, a gelatinous blob, which we'll talk about later in the show. Uh, that's a radio tease, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but I think that that whole idea of just being able to become our best selves and live our best lives in space with really cool spaceships and meeting aliens is what really does it for me. And that's really cool. You know, that's a good point about the characters because characters are really what attract me to a lot of different fandoms and different shows and different movies and things are like really strong characters that I can connect to on some way. And I mean, that's why when you follow my Twitter account, that's why I change the character in my profile picture every month because I like to highlight these characters that inspire me. So that that's another way that I, I try to connect people is, is through the characters because you'll, you'll find there's so many, a wide range of characters in Star Trek that you'll find at least one across the multitudes of shows. You'll find one that you connect with and you fall in love with. Yes, you will, because there's there's a lot to choose from. There's five decades worth of characters to choose from, uh, and they're all doing a lot. And they're still doing a lot, even right now. Uh, so let's ju just jump into new business, because we got a lot of news, Heather. Uh, we, got a big, we got a big Star Trek news dump uh, <laughs> recently. Uh, it has been confirmed that Star Trek Picard Season 2... Uh, and Strange New Worlds are filming uh, right now, while Discovery, Star Trek Discovery Season 4, uh, is still continuing production. So, all good news. No Star Trek is canceled. Even some that haven't quite been confirmed as in production all the way yet. So far, nothing is canceled. Uh, that's really good news, I think that all of these shows are still very much happening. I agree. Uh, if anybody tells you any sort of Star Trek is canceled, they're wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. So they're wrong. Star Trek is very much alive. It is, and, and that's great. Uh, I'm going to say something that I've said on social media a few times, and I think I've said here on the podcast, but I'm starting to feel like I'm gauging, and I'm starting to see the excitement for Strange New Worlds really starting to build. Uh, here on the podcast, we've both said that we're not as excited or enthused about it as everyone else, but we're going in with an open mind here. Uh, but I will say that I think that Strange New Worlds is going to be very good for the Star Trek franchise. And I think it could be 
a generational show. I feel like there is potential for Star Trek Strange New Worlds to be that show. And I think that so much so that I think Star Trek Strange New Worlds should be on CBS proper and not on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, Heather, what do you think about that? I, I strongly believe that Strange New Worlds should be on CBS primetime. Uh, Star Trek primetime network television. I think it's time. I honestly do. And I think Strange New Worlds is the show to do it. Uh, no. <laughs> Please, please make your case, Heather. Please. I I just um, I I like the fact that they've really built their their uh, streaming brand around Star Trek. Um, part of my issues with not being excited about Strange New Worlds is the idea that it's a show that's somehow more Star Trek than the current new shows that they have which I very vehemently disagree with. Um, so I don't, I don't want it to have special treatment. Um, I don't want it to be in a position where it's treated differently than Discovery, which has been around longer and helped launch Strange New Worlds, uh, or Picard. I, I just think separating it and putting it on... CBS as their regular block of sh of shows is going to put more of a banner on that when I really appreciate the 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 new directions they're trying to take Star Trek in this era and I think it's it's just an example of saying that no star trek is better when it's like this and this is why we're going to highlight it and put it on cbs for everyone to watch um that bothers me uh star trek is for everyone and it it should be accessible to everyone and i don't think it's really right to have one show that's more accessible than the others right now. I think it, it, it puts more of an emphasis on that show. And I, I just, I don't want it to happen. I totally get where you're coming from. I, I absolutely do. Because like you, I have loved discovery and I have loved lower decks and I liked season one of Picard. I liked it. Uh, but I feel like, the idea that all of the shows should be on the same platform because they should all be seen as as equal, I understand that. But I think to myself, if there is a gateway today, and I'm kind of trying to get into the mind of, of a network exec a little bit, of someone that works in TV that might make a business decision, if there is a way to get people interested in what's happening in the rest of the Star Trek universe, I feel like this would be a good gateway. I think Strange New Worlds would be a great gateway. And if people really latch on to Strange New Worlds, which I believe they will, 
I think that that would be a good gateway drug to get people to subscribe to Paramount Plus and watch all of the other shows. I I see Strange New Worlds a lot like the next generation in that regard and that it could be the new gateway Star Trek show. Because as I've said on this podcast, Star Trek The Next Generation is one of the greatest shows in television history. It's starting to show its age a little bit. And I think that a new gateway Star Trek show would be good for the franchise. But I definitely see where you're coming from. I I 100% do. Yeah, I, I I just I I don't know. Like like I said, it's one of those things I might have to hold out reservation till I actually see the show. Um, but if it is what people are lauding it up to be, I'm not quite certain it would be a real gateway for people because especially when people want to talk about how uh, Discovery is too violent and Picard is too dark and uh, Lower Decks is too raunchy. Or I, I, I don't know if anybody's actually said that. I just threw that out there. But it, people want to talk about all the other current Star Trek shows being more adult. If like they watch Strange New World and it is set the way people are thinking where it's going to be more like 90s Trek. It's going to be uh, episodic. It's going to deal more with like Alien of the Week and be slightly more tame than the other ones. Then I I don't see how that would be a good gateway because people will watch it and then subscribe to Paramount Plus and watch the other ones and go, holy shit. What are we watching? <laughs> or they may say, holy shit, this is awesome. They, they very well could. Uh, I think that we're giving television viewers maybe not enough credit in that regard. Uh, that video that came out from Paramount Plus uh, when it came to Star Trek, the one that, that I admitted really got me choked up about it, where they showed what all of the new shows were about, where they mentioned that Discovery was about giving a big-budget action film production level to Star Trek in television series form. Uh, And they talked about Lower Decks being a comedy for fun in Star Trek. Uh, And the one that really intrigued me was when they mentioned that Star Trek Picard was going to be a adult drama. Uh, When I caught that, it was like, that's it's really interesting that they described it that way. And I like the idea that they're trying to push the idea that there will be a different flavor of Star Trek series with each series that's coming out in the franchise. I think that's a really savvy and smart move on their part. And I think if we're looking at it like almost a flowchart, if you want something that suits your flavor you're going to be able to get that. And that could start with people watching Strange New Worlds. And I think that's kind of cool, personally. Yeah, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. I think I think it'll be... I think all of the shows will be all right. I, I think... I have high hopes. <laughs> I have 
optimism, like Gene Roddenberry's vision, I, I have a lot of optimism for all of the Star Trek shows. And I believe that Strange New Worlds has potential to be kind of special because it just feels like there, there's something there that could be special. But another show that could be very special, in my opinion, is Star Trek Prodigy. We got our first look at Star Trek Prodigy, and we saw the characters, and they were definitely new. Uh, all we knew originally when this first image came out was that Kate Mulgrew would be reprising her role as Captain Catherine Janeway uh, for Prodigy. That's all we knew. And then we saw this press photo, the, the first look, where we see six characters, all alien and yeah, this this is an interesting one, Heather. Uh, I'm gonna let you uh, take this one first. Uh, when you saw the first image of Star Trek Prodigy, uh, what did you think of it? Well, I mean, I think it's fantastic. All of the characters being alien really makes sense, especially for a kids show because uh, it kids have that imagination and you know they 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 have that wide open fantasy and are are willing to uh see beyond the limits of uh a person's humanness <laughs> and find things to enjoy about more alien characters so i think it's brilliant um i love the fact that none of these characters even with the exception of one um five of the six characters don't even resemble any sort of alien we've ever seen in star trek before <laughs> which it once again just kind of opens up the world to something more new and exciting and uh like there's a lot of the characters where you can't even tell just by because I mean they didn't release character names or anything or any other details about them except that picture and there's a lot of characters that you can't even tell um, if they're male or female just by looking at them which is also really cool uh, because that really opens up the idea of just exploring acceptance and and uh, characters that are different than yourself so i'm excited for it i am you know i hate to sound like the grumpy old trekkie here and and i don't really mean to but when i first saw the first image of star trek prodigy my first thought was huh no humans that's different like I wasn't upset about it or or anything like some people were but it definitely caught my eye like huh we're we're boldly going into a new frontier aren't we uh it's going to be, it looks like a star trek series with no human characters in the main cast save for maybe captain janeway admiral janeway i thought that was really interesting uh, and for kids, that really made a lot of sense. 
but it made me ask the question of how much will they know about what has been Star Trek for all 50 plus years before Star Trek Prodigy. And it made me think, well, does that really matter? Does it matter if they know about Star Trek, uh, everything else? Or is it just cool that kids will have their own show to watch on Nickelodeon? I think it's an interesting conversation to have as to will Star Trek Prodigy be sort of a gateway for younger kids into the world of Star Trek. It might, it might not. Uh, I'm really intrigued by that. Uh, All of this looked really interesting. Uh, It kind of caught me off guard, but I'm okay with that because this is a franchise that I love. And I love, one thing I love about Star Trek is that it is willing to challenge its own tropes and challenge its own conventions and that's what you're supposed to do with a long-running franchise that's how you keep from getting stagnant and keep from going into droughts for 14 years without a tv show or a movie am i right heather Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh so yeah it did catch me a little bit off guard i'll admit that but only because this looked like a show with nobody in a Starfleet uniform. And it was like, huh, that's different. But different isn't necessarily bad. And I know I'll definitely be checking it out regardless because I want to see how this goes into the Star Trek franchise and in the Star Trek universe. I want to see where it fits in and how it fits in. And I've said since day one, I love the premise of Star Trek Prodigy. I love that it is kids on a spaceship going through the universe. And it looks like they will have a Starfleet legend sort of guiding them through. I think the premise is really cool. So this teaser image, while it caught me a little off guard... It certainly has not swayed my opinion on thinking Star Trek Prodigy will be cool to check out. Well, and I mean, they offic- they did mention in the article um, after dropping the teaser that one of the, the big aspects to the story is going to be each character at some point during the show um, being put in situations where they find out what Starfleet is and what, what Starfleet means and and what Starfleet stands for. So I think that's a really interesting way to take a show that may not necessarily look like Star Trek at the start, but it's really like the process of introducing kids to Star Trek (laughs) because it's introducing kids in the show that have taken over this ship and introducing them to Starfleet. And so while they fall connect and fall in love with these characters, they're going to slowly learn uh, what Starfleet is and what the Federation is and what all of these things stand for and mean and represent. And I think that's a really good way to take a 
a kid who's kind of all over the place and doesn't really want to sit down and understand something and really explain it to them. So I, I do think it will it, it will be a gateway to introducing other kids to Star Trek. So, so how about that? It looks like we might have two gateway shows. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe two. Heather? Maybe two. Maybe two. And to me, that that just sounds great. Like, we'll have a gateway show in the Star Trek for kids and a gateway show, potentially, maybe, for adults. And we'll just grab everybody and bring them all into Star Trek all at once. Sounds great. I, I like it. It sounds, it sounds exciting to me. Um, I want to talk about something with upcoming business, because I saw this... And this was from you, Heather. Uh, Just really two words I want to get started with with upcoming business, and then we'll get into the rest of it. Uh, President Archer? Question mark is what I put in in the (laughs) notes. President Archer, Heather? Uh, You know, I saw an article somewhere, I forget who wrote it, that supposedly uh, CBS is in talks with Scott Bakula to come back and make some sort of a, of an appearance as President Archer. So um, I have no idea how true that is. Um, I still, like I said, I forget what site it goes on, but I, I try to stay away from the really worst of the rumor mill sites because I don't like them at all. Sure. So it seemed like a fairly decent idea because um, it was right after I saw that was when they announced that NCIS New Orleans, which is the current show that Scott Bakula stars on, is ending after next season. So I love the idea of having President Archer. And the, the like the article I read, like I said, I forget what side it was on, but they listed a whole bunch of ideas as to how they could introduce President Archer back into the franchise. And the one that stuck in my head and is now living rent free there <laughs> um, is that he would be involved in the Section 31 show. Ah, okay, okay. Which, as was talked about recently, uh, is not dead, uh, according to uh, a couple of places out there. Uh, it is still being discussed and developed. But it was also mentioned that it probably, the Section 31 show with Michelle Yeoh, probably won't happen until one of the other shows has ended production. So they're saying it's definitely still out there, and it's definitely going to happen. It's just still a little bit further out. Um, I'm not totally broken up about that, even though I'm, I'm one of the conductors on the Michelle Yeoh love train. Eh. I am. I am salty about that. I am salty about that. I hear you. I do. I do. I I totally do. But there is. I I've been the one that's also been saying we kind of want to be careful with Star Trek oversaturation. I've been saying that. And if there was one show that I was going to say, mm, let's let's hold back on that one. It would probably be the Section 31 show. Okay, yes. I understand the whole oversaturation bit. But we announced this Section 31 spinoff before anybody had any sort of idea that they even wanted a Captain Pike show. Okay? So, Strange New World basically took the place of Section 31. No, that's not why I'm not thrilled about Strange New World. But 
it does have a handle in it because it, it and it goes into the whole concept of fan service and people going, oh no, we don't need a section one thirty one show. It's too dark. It's evil. It's bad. It's not what Starfleet represents. Yada yada yada, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I just. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. I, I, I'm salty about it because it, 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 it's like they gave the fans what they want, and now we have to wait for this show that they had planned beforehand. And I, I don't know how we feel about it. I mean, they're, they're still saying that they're planning it. They still spun off Giorgio in her own direction in season three, which we won't even get into again because I know I've rambled enough on this podcast about how much... I like Giorgio, but I, yeah, I, I, I'm a little salty about it. I, I, I think um, they're not, the fans really haven't even given that show a chance <laughs> and they don't even know anything about it except for it's about section 31 and it stars Michelle Yeoh. So, All right. Now let me put you on the spot, Heather, put you on the spot. With everything happening in Star Trek right now as a franchise, if you were going to swap one show out for the Section 31 show, what would it be? Strange New Worlds. All right. For me, it would be Picard. It would be Picard. I I don't want to swap out, swap out Picard because as much as I, I like season one, it was okay. It didn't knock my socks off, but it was okay. But Picard has importance in the fact that it's advancing the universe and the timeline forward. And, I mean, Discovery did that with jumping way into the future, but Picard took the characters that we knew from the 90s and advanced that timeline forward. So it has a place there. And I ultimately think that there's going to be, when Picard ends it, ends its run because they already have it planned to not go more than like three seasons. I think when Picard ends, there's going to be a spinoff from Picard with one of the major characters that we have come to know and love in the Picard series. Um, I have said that before and I stand by it here. Now there's going to be some sort of spinoff from Picard because I would they're hope already so. doing that with Discovery. And I would be ultimately very surprised if they don't do that with Picard. So I, I think Picard, whether you love it or you hate it or you're just kind of, eh, okay, um, it, it, it has its place there. Um, I, I mean, the reason I would take away strange new worlds is that it's very much a concept that we've seen before just featuring uh a different person in the chair of the enterprise besides kirk it's captain pike instead so I, everyone else is moving forward and doing new things and strange new worlds to me seems like it's staying in the past and like i said i could change my mind on this once i actually see the show but from the way I look at it right now, there's so many of the other new shows are advancing the universe forward and Strange New Worlds is not moving it forward, but keeping it 
where it is. I don't want to call it moving it backwards, but it's keeping it stagnant. I hear you. I really do. I, I absolutely see where you're coming from. Uh, for me with Picard, uh, the characters on the show have intrigued me. And I agree with you that a couple of them are more than worthy of their own spinoff when it comes. I just think that the show went in a direction that wasn't entirely satisfactory. I'm just not quite sure how I feel about it yet. I can appreciate that they're honoring the legacy and they're pushing the timeline of the Star Trek that we all fell in love with. I can appreciate that, but I do think that they probably need to do something that is a little bit more a little bit more focused on what makes the Federation what it is. Uh, I think that there's a lot with modern Star Trek that there's not a lot of the Federation, it seems like. And I think that's something that's missing. And maybe that's something that I'm hoping for with Strange New Worlds. And even with the Section 31 show, which I'm saying I would swap Picard out with, you would at least know that there is something going on with the Federation. Uh, even if it is Section 31, you'd still have that conflict and that balancing act of what makes the United Federation of Planets work and what makes it what it is and how far is Section 31 willing to go to uphold those values or bending the rules and sometimes breaking them. I didn't really get that with Picard. I didn't get a message with Picard. It was just a story that was told with some characters, but I didn't really get a theme or, or a message from it. And all of the other shows, I get that from. I'm not really sure what I'm getting with Picard just yet. Um, there are some characters there that I've absolutely grown to love very quickly, but I think I need a little more. I need a little more. I'm not 100% sold on Picard yet. Okay. All right. Well, we're disagreeing a lot, Heather. I'm sorry. <laughs> it seems like an episode where we've disagreed a lot, which doesn't happen too often. No, not really. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, one more thing, just to wrap up. Uh, from Star Trek Prodigy, or maybe Lower Decks, because he wasn't too sure himself. Billy Campbell, who is best known as the Rocketeer, of course, uh, also played a role on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation uh, entitled The Outrageous Okona, where he played Thadium Okona. I think that's how his name was pronounced. Uh, from an episode of TNG from Season 2. Uh, it was also noted that Billy Campbell was one of the two finalists in the audition for William T. Riker in The Next Generation. Uh, it was Jonathan Frakes who got picked over Billy Campbell. Uh, he, he ended up doing all right for himself anyway. Uh, but he has said that he will be uh, in an animated series. Uh, he said it was kind of fuzzy, uh, but he mentioned that it was Star Trek Prodigy, that he would be reprising the role of Okona. Uh, from the interview, he said, 
I think it's on Nickelodeon or somewhere. They're doing something called Star Trek Prodigy, and it's animated. It's a comedy. It's an animated series. And they're bringing back some characters from the Star Trek universe that are, pause, heritage characters. So my guy is coming back, and it's hilarious. It's super funny. I come on, and I'm kind of basically schleppy and roguish. I love the word schlep. But just kind of, but just kind of disgusting, in a way. And whoever the female character is just sort of goes over the moon for me. Much to the chagrin of the lead male character. So I'm getting some mixed messages here. Uh, he says that it's Star Trek Prodigy. And it's an animated series and all Nickelodeon. But when he gives a little bit more detail, he says that it's a female character that goes over the moon. And then there's a lead male character that doesn't like it. I'm wondering, like, <laughs> d- does that sound like Lower Decks? Like that it sounds might like be- Mariner and Boimler. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like Lower Decks. So I'm kind of like, which one is it, Billy? Well, um, I believe, and like I said, my, my resources are spotty tonight. But I saw somewhere online that someone else said uh, that one of the... Um, other guest stars from that same episode of TNG, The Outrageous Okona, uh, one of the ladies that get guest stars with him in that um, has come out and said that she's guesting on Lower Decks. Okay. So, um, yeah, if one of his womanly friends from that episode shows up on lower decks but then somehow he's going to show up on prodigy no the two plus two is not equaling four in this situation um so i i think he's on lower decks um it it sounds like lower decks especially given his character and given how Lower Decks is like a lot of TNG fan service. Let's be real. There's a lot of TNG fan service on Lower Decks. Yeah. That sounds like it sounds everybody like Billy Campbell will be reprising his role for season two of Lower Decks, which uh, I believe is just one of, I think, four shows that will be coming back in 2021. Uh, Prodigy, Lower Decks, I think Discovery, and I think Picard as well. They're pushing for all of them in 2021. I think I saw that, right? Um, I, I, I know uh, they have said definitely that Prodigy and Lower Decks will happen in 2021, which makes sense because it's going to be easier for them to put the animated stuff together using the current protocols and things. Um, they've said that they are shooting for Discovery to be in late 2021, which you could literally have it premiere like the last week of December and still say it came in 2021. So Late 2021, <laughs> that counts. Uh, but considering both season two of Picard and season one of Strange New Worlds both started filming like last week, was it last week or the week after? or the week before that, only started filming a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think the two of those are going to hit our screens until 2022. I'm inclined to agree. but Yay, we agreed on something! <laughs> yes, we did, we did. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the idea that there might be another promotion where we get like 
it was 23 weeks of Trek last year, we could get yeah. like 60 weeks of Trek in 2021 and going into 2022. That sounds awesome. I I think that's ultimately what they're shooting for because when they first started announcing building the Star Trek universe, um, they Kurtzman did some sort of interview where he said, you know, we wanted to have new Star Trek every week on CBS All Access now Paramount Plus. Um, I guess in a recent interview he changed that and said, oh well, we want to have at least a new Star Trek show premiere every quarter, but. A quarter is like twelve weeks long, so that's still <laughs> that's still new Star Trek every week, guys. Come on. <laughs> so I think that's their ultimate goal. And considering we have five shows that are currently in production, like we're not talking, uh, we're just talking about them, and it's going to happen soon. No, we have five shows in production right now. Uh, there's definitely the potential to have like. 60 plus weeks of new Star Trek every week. And I'm okay with that. So am I. We got a podcast to do. We're going to have to have something to, to talk about, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we hope all of you enjoy tuning in and enjoy listening to the Promenade Merchants podcast. We are a Star Trek podcast that is completely independent and at deltajuliatmike.com and wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. Whether it's your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, your Stitcher, your <laughs> Google Reader, I don't know. Uh, we're everywhere. Wherever you get your podcasts, just look for us by name, Promenade Merchants. Follow the podcast on Twitter at PromTrekPod. Uh, I'll occasionally be retweeting or tweeting some goofy star trek jokes uh heather does some great watch alongs and i just kind of goof around and make memes so follow along at prom trek pod uh heather always a pleasure great doing this with you again Always a pleasure, and if anyone wants to send me, you know, your hate letters, considering how bad I shit talk Strange New Worlds on this episode, uh, feel free to follow me on Twitter, at NerdyGal33. I will gladly accept them, because I said what I said. <laughs> and if you have a problem with that, you can go through me at CallMeDJM, because I will back my co-host. Uh, we didn't completely agree, but you know what? That's okay. That's good content, people. So thank you for listening. Walk with the prosper and live long in profits.